Welcome. This is a safe place. Why don't you make yourselves comfortable and have a seat on the couch? This is not quite therapy. Are you comfortable? Hell no, I'm not comfortable. Hey, Brian. Hey, Chrissy. Tell me, how does that make you feel? I don't want to talk about it. Is it going to hurt? Oh my God, this is awkward. I'm not qualified to give advice here, but... Can we sit this close together? This is Not Quite Therapy with Chrissy and Brian, a how-to-do brand show about divorce, dating, and single parenting promised to be packed with awkward moments, insights from a couple cuties with absolutely no professional credentials, but plenty of life experience, and intense sexual innuendo. Yeah, so much sexual innuendo. Are you ready, Brian? God, Chrissy, I'm going to need a drink. All righty then, let's get started, shall we? Hey, Brian. Hey, Chrissy. How's it going today? That's good. You got the poison ivy. I do. Let me just tell you, no good deed goes unpunished. You put a little, <laughs> you try to put a good, a little good karma out in the universe, and you get smacked with the uh, proverbial poison ivy. I, I, a, a little tree fell onto my ex-wife's driveway, and I'm a nice guy who owns a chainsaw. And so I said, you know what? I'll be a good guy. And A nice and, guy who owns a chainsaw. <laughs> why should she have to wait for her lawn service people to come? So I'm just going to take care of this problem. So I took care of it. And um, I did not realize that the the predominant portion of the green things in this tree were poison ivy vines. It just didn't even occur to me that that's what, that's what was going on. And it's sprayed all over both my arms. This was a week ago. Yeah. And uh, so I got on some fun prescriptions today. I'm all steroided up. So hopefully I'll be taken care of shortly. But in the meantime, I look like a, a burn victim you or do. some sort of a radiation patient yeah. or something. You do it's no not fun. terrific, dude. No. No. Fortunately, it didn't get on my moneymaker. Yeah, that's right. It's just my arms mm-hmm. and my legs. Sorry, your legs are extra bad. Yeah. They're no. sad. My, my, sad. Yeah. I look mm-hmm. like I've been abused. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. Uh, well, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, it's a question about a movie from the mid-90s in which Sinbad plays a genie. But first, uh huh. let's make a drink. Is it hot in here? Are you parched? I'm parched. How about a drink? How to Do Cocktails is brought to you by How to Do Life, a podcast about, well, how to do life. You can listen to How to Do Life right here where you're hearing us now or find them on any podcast app. They are literally everywhere. And here's our disclaimer. How to do life right means drinking responsibly and moderately. A drink is not a necessary component to intimate conversations like the one you're about to hear. Here, here, announcer man. Yeah, but it sure doesn't hurt. Okay, so today's drink, I brought again. Yes, you're two for two. This is These are two consecutive winners in a row. And although this was originally proposed to be sort of my portion of the creative thing, you've really knocked it out of the park these last two weeks. So tell us what we're drinking today. So today we are drinking something called Cafe Fizz. And I found this drink. A friend of mine had a bottle of Starbucks coffee liqueur. Mm -hmm. And it had a little tag on the top um, with recipes. Oh, cool. And this was one of the recipes on it. If Um, you had told me the ingredients that were in this. It sounds gross. I would have said that's a... That's a glass of trash. Right. But it is actually it's really good. freaking good. Well, especially, like, you and I like to drink coffee together anyways, yes. and this is a coffee drink. I had a coffee on the way in the door today. Mm-hmm. And, and it's gone, so now I've got another coffee thing. And coffee plus booze is just, I mean, It's a winning knew? combination. Who knew what a great combination right. it was? So here's the drink that sounds like trash, but is not. Okay. It's, um... So you're supposed to use a vanilla vodka, but... I don't, uh, rum. Rum, yes, vanilla rum, but I don't care for that. Like I, I don't care for you. You made the right choice because this is particularly yeah, good. Yeah, I don't like fake flavors in my rum, so I used a Captain Morgan's, which 
Spiced rum. Mm-hmm. Spiced rum. And I guess and any then, spiced rum would do. Right. And then I did a shot of real vanilla. Yeah. And the, I was telling you that my mom used to make vanilla for us. And you can make vanilla at home. All you need is the vanilla bean pod. And then you kind of like shave it. Yeah. And you put it in a little container of vodka. Yeah. And you let it soak in there. I forget how long, like two weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. And then you, it makes vanilla extract. Um, so we used Captain Morgan's and um, a shot of vanilla. And then what you need... Like the secret ingredient is a coffee liqueur. And this one is a good one. I've never seen it before, but it's delicious. Yeah. Uh, what do we have? What is it? This is Cayman Reef Dark Roasted Kona Coffee Liqueur. And I'll tell you the truth. I went to the ABC Liquor and mm-hmm. I said, hey, I need a coffee liqueur. And they didn't have the Starbucks one that I'd been drinking. And so I bought like the one that looked the nicest. The one- That's hey. I didn't buy like the bottom shelf one. I right. bought like the, the one that I thought looked Would, nice. um It's not expensive. It was like 17 bucks. What's the, uh, is Kahlua in that same category? Is Kahlua- yeah, but Kahlua is already mixed with the rum. Oh. And I think that that is not, that's okay. not what I wanted. You yeah, because this is like a syrupy sort of, yeah. it's a thicker yeah. liqueur. And, uh, and I was surprised when I was pouring it out, yeah. help, helping pour it out beforehand. And then the fizz part comes from ginger ale. Ginger ale. Ginger and ale. you just said, oh, ginger ale, coffee and right. rum. A delicious combination that nobody ever asked for right but it was it's actually really good yeah so you basically you fill a cup up with ice you um put about like a third maybe a little more of the coffee liqueur Mm -hmm. then you put like a healthy couple shots of captain morgan's yep and a little cap or two full of uh vanilla and then top it with the ginger ale and give it a little stir yeah and that's what we did and it was delicious and it is quite delicious. Yeah. And we made them actually like 15 minutes ago right. because we were we got waiting here, to get started. We, we got here early. early. We yeah. were so productive. <laughs> and then we had to wait 20 minutes anyway. So yeah. Well, we got to have the breakfast club. It was exactly. nice. We got to have a little conversation, catch exactly. up on each other's lives. It was nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's get into this movie from the mid-90s. Let's is this get our in, foreplay topic? Let's get into foreplay. All right. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? Want to fool around? Uh, what are we talking about here? Like, first base? Second base? Yikes. I don't think that's what she meant. So, you asked me earlier in the day, do you remember, around 1994 or so, mm-hmm. Sinbad, everybody's favorite, you know, comedian mm-hmm. of the early 90s, was in a movie where he played a genie. And I said, yes, I absolutely remember that. I almost think he remember him having like blue skin and like there was, I remember this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I legitimately remember it. Mm-hmm. And then I, you asked me about it and I said, because I know there were two because he was in one and then Shaquille O'Neal was in one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but the Shaquille O'Neal one was called Shazam. What was the Sinbad one called? And I Googled it. Mm-hmm. And herein lies the insanity of our conversation. Yes. So. Tell him the truth. The truth is, friends. There is no Sinbad Genie movie. Which is crazy. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. To the point where there are conspiracy theories and there are there are whole Reddit conversations about mm-hmm. about whether or not this movie exists. And then that brought into the focus one of the articles I read, because then I went down the rabbit hole for like 30 minutes. Oh, what did I say to you? I said, have fun down the rabbit hole, honey. I, and I totally yeah. did. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole, there's a phenomenon where you have a group of people who share 
a common false memory of something. Mm-hmm. And it was based, I can't remember the name it's of it. It's called the Man- Mandela Effect. The Mande- Right. Because mm-hmm. there's a group of people who, who have distinct memories of Nelson Mandela dying while he was in prison in right. South Africa, mm-hmm. which also didn't happen. Right. I don't have memory of that. So I mean, I'm, maybe I'm that much less crazy than some people. I think it's an age thing because I don't remember that either because I don't think that we were paying attention to politics at that age. Yeah. I was, uh, but yeah, the, the Sinbad Genie movie absolutely happened. I'm convinced. <laughs> and then something happened. But then there was a funny video that I, when I was halfway down the rabbit trail, I found a video of Sinbad confessing that he actually had done a Shazam style Genie movie uh, and that he had required a lot of Crisco and yoga to get into oh the Genie. Oh my God, Crisco lamp. and yoga. That's what I texted you Crisco and yoga. Yeah. <laughs> So what is that? Like, why are we so wired that way that we can invent well, strange false memories and then share them as a group of people who right. all spontaneously have the same false memory? Which goes to my theory of last week that maybe we really are in the matrix. I think we're in the matrix. And this is all a simulation. We're, yes. And we have like a glitch in the program where we all remember this wrong thing. I actually have an article up about that. And before I get to this article, though, I just want to say... I am so excited about how you how excited you are about this topic. It's, well, <laughs> you it's, are so cute right now. <laughs> it's it's crazy. The well, I'm cute most of the time, but this uh, is no. This is a particular like psychology is a weird fascination of mine. I don't mm-hmm. understand it, but the fact that it's so complex and so wild is right. is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what did you see? What do you see there? Okay, so. First of all, let me give you this example that comes from this article. I'm going to post this article in the show notes because this one was really cool. I like this one. And I'll post uh, the video that you found too. Yeah. So the video where Sinbad admits it, just for everyone's information, is, is totally tongue-in-cheek. And it's very, very cute. Though. He also alleges funny. to have been a former member of the Special Forces. And yes. Uh-huh. He was involved in the mission to repossess the DVDs out of people. And he's really sorry, but he's going to kill you yeah. if, he, if he finds out that you have one of the last remaining three copies. Um, VHS tapes and Betamax. So listen to this. So... In the early 90s, roughly around 1994, a now 52-year-old man named Don ordered two copies of a brand new video for the rental store his uncle owned and he helped run. I had to handle those two copies dozens of times over the years. I had to watch it multiple times to look for reported damage to the tape, rewind it and check it in, rent it out, and put the boxes out for display for rental. In this way, he's speaking exactly like hundreds of others in his uncle's shop. In one crucial way, however, he is not. The movie that Don is referring to doesn't actually exist. I read the same article. Right. So this Mind guy, blowing. This guy worked in a video store, and then he goes on to talk about how he had one copy of Kazam, which has Shaq in it. So, like you said, we have Shazam. Oh, so I got it even wrong. Kazam yeah, yeah, was yeah, the yeah, Shaq yeah. movie? Yeah, Kazam is the Shaq movie. Oh, Shazam, my God. And Shazam was the one with Sinbad, right? So when you send that to me, so first of all, you guys, I just text Brian this question and he's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And then he starts texting me some stuff and I'm like, perfect. And I say nothing else to him. And then he went down the rabbit hole on his own and it made me so happy. This is this is a crazy, <laughs> crazy phenomenon. It made me so happy. It was so great. Um, I'm also a little disappointed in myself that I could be so wrong about something I'm so sure about which is another sort of discomfort, uncomforting point. Well, I think that's why people cling to this in this way. So people who, like, because there are people who come out and they're like, guess what? Here's the thing. It had a purple background and it said Sinbad across it. And it had, you know, Sinbad and a kid on the cover. And when you go and look at the Shaq movie, which they're probably just confusing it with, that's what it looks like. It says Shaq in big letters. It has a picture of Shaq. It has a picture of a little boy. And... The truth is, they probably got it wrong. Like, and look, let's see how that could happen. Look, 
like not like to be like racial profile or whatever, but these are both big, large men who have dark skin, right. who, you know, have been on television, but like Shaq's been mostly in sports, Sinbad's been mostly in comedy. They have both crossed into movies in some way or the other. They've, they've, they've trans, what's the word? Transitioned? Transgressed? No. The transcended they've transcended their primary yes good word nice. mode of fame yeah so they both they, there's some similarities there they were both um so i actually also read that during the um kazam like remember at the end of vhs tapes they would have like if you like this you'll also like these things kind of like previews and yeah. reverse yeah. they'd yeah, be at yeah. the end so mm-hmm. i guess one of the previews at the end of kazam where Shaq was actually a genie, was something for a Sinbad special. Oh, funny. Yeah, so people kind of made this transition in their mind somehow, you know. Um, people kind of just replaced one with the other. But the people in this article say, that's not true. That's absolute crap. That's like saying that the movie Ants didn't exist because A Bug's Life did. Right. You know, like, and then there was actually, I, I read another article about, yeah, well, a lot of times they do kind of tandem movies like that, you know, and you'll have things that run parallel that are very similar, you know, yeah. even like Finding Nemo and like sharks, you know. So. Now, Sinbad was in uh, Necessary Roughness mm-hmm. in 1991, which was a football movie. Mm-hmm. He was in a movie called The House Guest in 1995 and The First Kid, where he played a Secret Service agent. Uh, working in the White House in 1996. I think it's, it's it's neat. There's a there's a tweet from Sinbad. It's from a few years ago, but he said, "Have you noticed no one my age has seen this so-called Sinbad genie movie? <laughs> Only you people who were kids in the 90s, right. the young mind." Yes, is what he says. Yeah, so he Sinbad says he wasn't in this movie. <laughs> this movie was not ever made. But the redditors like so. What I read in this article, they said that somebody in like 2008 came out and said hey does anybody remember this sinbad movie and nobody did yeah and then like two years later a different person posed the question and a few people were like yeah i think so yeah 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 and then like the way that we can feed each other's memories and feed each other's minds is just fascinating right it's so crazy do you think you did that in your divorce at all do you think you have any false memories of your marriage i don't know perhaps I don't know. My version of events is probably different than hers. Well, yeah, I think that that's true. I mean, and I think not not only in divorce, but I think in family memories. Yeah. I know, like, so I have a sister who's 10 years older than me, Uh right? And most of my memories are mine. And sometimes I tell her things that she doesn't remember at all. Like, we just talked the other day about the only fight that I remember having with her as a child. Yeah. And she doesn't remember it. But I do because it was significant to me because I never fought with my older sister. Yeah. You know? Um, But there are other things that I think both her and I have created a memory for our younger sister. My younger sister doesn't remember her childhood in the way that a lot of people do. Like, I have a really, really good memory, or at least I think I do. Maybe it's all false. Who knows? But I think I have a really good memory. Vivid. Vivid. There you go. Vivid. It might be wrong, but it's vivid. It might be imagination, but it was vivid. (laughs) So I remember a lot of things, but my younger sister doesn't. But I think there are certain things in our history that... Maybe she remembers, and I do the air quotes on that, mm-hmm. um, because she's heard the story handed yeah. down time and time again, you know? so Yeah, crazy. I think that that happens, for sure. That's wild. It's wild, right? Our, ma- our minds are powerful and strange. 
Yes, they are. Crazy. They are. Well, do you want to keep talking about this or do you want to move into the down and dirty? Let's get into the, well, that was foreplay. Yes, let's get into the, yeah, let's do it. Next segment. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy. I think I'm ready now. So you want to get this off your chest? Let's get down and dirty, babe. It is gone off the reservation. A grand slam home run. So what's up? Okay. So today, when I was looking through what we were going to talk about today, I think I ten- sent you a text that just said, oh my gosh, like there was a lot of things. Um, yes. So let's just jump right in. Perfect. Um, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was as you left your marriage and started dating new people, did you kind of like swing for the fences? Did you go for somebody totally opposite? Like, were you more mindful of the traits that were good and bad of your spouse that you wanted to either keep or eliminate in future relationships? No. Um, I feel like I had a, in last week's episode, we talked about uh, red flags and um, I eliminated people earlier in the process before they became dating relationships more intentionally mm-hmm. and i didn't uh so if i got into a dating relationship with someone i already knew enough about them to have eliminated say 75 percent of the potential problems you think like Probably. you feel like you knew the people well enough for that like yeah 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 Okay. I could have been wrong. I could have been wrong, and I, I had a breakup, and I had to get back together, and I had a, a new thing, and so yeah, I've had some, you know, yeah, for the most part. I feel like I swing for the fences, though. Like I don't know, I don't know if what you exactly meant by that. Like you know, did I? When I hear that, I hear of like, did you go for someone who was way out of your league or something like no, that? No, 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 no. I mean, somebody with very different characteristics than the characteristics of the person you were married to, like. I think in some ways, yes. And that with that definition, then I think in some ways, yes. I should have mansplained it to you. Today. Yeah, you know, yeah. I could use a little mansplaining <laughs> from now and then. Well, you d- dish it out plenty. So. I Unintentionally. <laughs> I do. Guilty as charged. Um, no, I feel like for me, I really looked for, like, I guess I knew what some of the pitfalls of my relationship were and what some of the things that maybe I should have looked at a little more critically with my spouse before he became Mm -hmm. my spouse and i feel like i really did kind of go you know that pendulum swing thing that we talked about you know like well we were over here so i need over there and that's not necessarily true no like really like there were very good things about him yeah he's not a bad man or anything there were just things that weren't necessarily compatible between us and so sometimes sometimes i kind of got into a groove where ooh, this person just did this thing that reminded me of my ex-husband, so I can't like this person. Uh. Like, I wanted to write them off, you know, because I saw a similarity. And it took me time, I think maybe especially with, like, intimacy kind of things, to be like, my ex-husband and I had intimacy issues, and this person has a quality that my ex-husband also had, and so in my mind that meant we will end up with intimacy issues. And I think I had to sort through that. Like I sure. extrapolated these characteristics equal this, and that's not necessarily true. Yeah, you know. And, and I, I didn't, think I, had I didn't. To work I didn't. On that. I didn't really approach it that way at all. I was much more, I think, much more linear um, about it. Like you know, it, pick on a on a personality trait like 
sense of humor. Mm-hmm. If I thought that my and I'm making I'm completely making this up. If if I thought that my ex wife didn't her sense of humor and mine weren't similar enough, mm-hmm. then then that's something that I was aware of as I was talking to other people. Right. And if mm-hmm. that person and I laughed at the same memes and laughed at the same dumb jokes and she thought I was funny, then that was sort of a point in her favor and made yeah, her I, yeah. someone that I could see myself getting together with better long term. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, when, you, when you're when you able to like tick off, all right, I like this, you like this. You yeah. Know? And you don't want somebody so similar to sure. you that like you, you want you, you don't want to date yourself. You yeah. don't want to date yourself. You don't want to date yourself. Intimacy like, is another one where, you know, if um, it's not that, you know, I have to like X and you have to like X, but it's, you know, uh, adventurousness or right. whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for someone who's just slightly more aligned with you in that area where you where you overlap more, mm-hmm. it's not that you're going to be a perfect match for one another in right. every way, shape and form. But if there's enough commonality there. And you start seeing where you overlap with this person a little bit more than you did with your ex. Right. Mm-hmm. Then that does a couple of things. It, it sort of validates your decision to not mm-hmm. be with your ex. Right. And it gives you more hope for the future in that, hey, there might be someone else out there that right. mm-hmm. might be a better match for me. I totally agree. Yeah. Like I uh, briefly, maybe like six or eight weeks, dated a guy not that long ago that... Um, when it came to like the intimacy stuff, I thought that we were going to be really well aligned. And then he was much like he pushed the envelope way more than me. Like I felt like maybe he had, <laughs> I don't know, just like watched tons and tons and tons of porn and like, <laughs> and like thought like maybe this was like the, you know, like, and it, like there was a point in time where I was like, this is never going to work for me because sometimes I'm kind of grossed out by you. Do you know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> Do I know do this you- person? <laughs> I kid, I kid. I don't want to know the answer to that question. Um, like, like I was like, it's just, it's just a bit much. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, and like it, that was interesting for me because I usually am a pretty sexually forward person and sure. I usually, you know, like, I mean, like I'm all for, you know, whatever, but yeah. I was like, Mm-mm, this just isn't, this isn't my jam. This isn't my wheelhouse. And, yeah, yeah. You know, and it made it an easier decision to be like, this isn't going to like certainly long term, you know, but even short term. Yeah. You should not be in bed with someone and be like, it's kind of gross. Yeah. You know? I, I haven't. <laughs> um, I'm very much sort of a follow your lead kind of person in that respect. Mm-hmm. So I want to have a very clear conversation about. Uh, do's and don'ts right and what are you what are you into and what's bad (laughs) and what's a no 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 and all this and i've yet to have any experience with anybody who just suggested something that i was just way uncomfortable with Uh so it it hasn't gotten to that point yet but i've I've heard stories of guys who have been in bed with a woman and she just like for example she just wants them to hit her like just i don't like Mm. open hand slap me across the face Mm, and i'm like there's no way in that would hell. be super uncomfortable. I right? couldn't. I couldn't possibly. Ugh. So like, it hasn't gotten. I haven't encountered any weird sexual right. stories that are good fodder for podcasts and this and was parties, like. But this was like there were two times that I had to like hold in like a gag. Like I was gross. Oh, no. Like I was like, Ooh! and I'm like, okay, this isn't going to work for me. Can, how much detail <laughs> can you share about that? What in the world could make you physically gag? Oh, uh, no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you when we're done. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> I'll tell just you. I'm not okay. going to tell everybody. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we don't want that. No. Um, <laughs> let's switch courses here. Perfect. Perfect. Please take me away.
Let's talk about, um, so we're in a global pandemic, right? Hey, yeah, we are. Hey, yeah, we are. Let's talk about dating in the pandemic. Like, we're kind of, you, you can't meet new people now. So it's almost like a love the one you're with or like be alone. Yeah. Um, it's a lot like uh, sales. People talk about your, if you're, a, if you're in a sales job, um, if you had a full sales pipeline before the pandemic started, you whittled your way through those active prospects, right. and now it's really hard to replace them with new ones. Right. Dating is, I think, very much the same way. Mm-hmm. If you had a, mm-hmm. a healthy stable of men you were discussing and talking with, mm-hmm. and those all ran their course, now you're sort of sitting there folding your hands like, hmm, what's mm-hmm. next? Well, that was fun. That was, yeah. mm-hmm. As the economy is starting to open up a little bit, like you can go and sit at a, some restaurants now and have... But then how do you meet people? Is it all online? And, and that's all. Yeah, and that's the thing because we've talked about online dating. And I I prefer to meet my people in real life. And I prefer to build like real connections in real life yeah. with real people that I might actually have things in common with that I met through some natural channel. You sure. Know? Like, that's just that's just where I'm at, you know. So, sure, I'm sure I could sign up for like Hinge or something and yeah. I could talk to somebody every day, sure. you know. But that's just not where I am. A friend yeah. of mine, a friend of mine, just met somebody, and she she kind of hit it off with this guy on like through text. She met him through one of those apps, mm-hmm. like a like a not a gross app, like a, a legit dating app. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and she's talking to this guy, and they kind of hit it off for the first couple of days. It turns out he's in the armed forces, mm-hmm. and he was like a week away from being shipped overseas for three months. Ooh. So they just met, they hit it off, and he now he's gone for three months. Oh my. So did they get to meet in person? They did not. Oh not wow! Yet. So they've been talking. They're like twelve hours apart. Like he went twelve hours. You can really build intimacy east. in they that can. way. You know. And so I told her, I was like, I said, I feel like you might be kind of lucky because now you get to really sort of see what this guy's all about. And you, I think what's he, hard about that though is like there were people that I met via text that I thought were funny, that I thought were you know like that you kind of got excited, and then when you met in person, you yeah. were like, ooh, yeah, yikes, yeah, like, like that chemistry wasn't right there face to face you know that's so a weird that's phenomenon a, yeah and that's a spot that we're at right now in, yeah in this situation like from you know? text you can be like uninhibitedly romantic and the interactions are selective and when you're reading a message from someone it's all that exists in the whole wide world right. mm-hmm. and then you can kind of go about your regular life but once you meet face to face with someone something sort of gets added to the equation that it makes it a little bit less so which is a strange and it's strange kind of thing. a weird thing because with a, with a lot of these things or at least when i was on dating apps you do end up it like you just said text and text is absolutely what it is we don't call each other on the phone a lot anymore yeah you know it's not like so you can you can call each other on the phone you can have a great conversation you can mm-hmm. hear each other's voice you can facetime but i think a lot of us don't we get really comfortable behind that guy's of a text like it feels intimate but not scary it's, well, and it's not spontaneous because i you can, can think yeah you can stop I and can, think i can process right. and type out mm-hmm. and edit the thing i want to say so that it can be the most romantic thing you've read in the last six months and you think mm-hmm. wow this guy's amazing mm-hmm. and then you meet me and um i say some romantic stuff but it's not quite as poetic as when I get to edit it and copy and paste and, and figure out how I want to take this word out and add this word and kind of it's left less crafted. Yeah, I think that's very I'm a very frog, true. in other words, no. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, I mean, it, in some ways, maybe it's maybe it's really sweet. Maybe it harkens back to the days of like when people wrote each other letters and, you know, like they like, yeah, like when my grandma and grandpa, when my grandpa was in the war and they're. Yeah. 
their relationship was these letters, you know, and it like my sisters and I found like a there's a big giant box of them and I want to read them all and I want to turn them into a book cool. and I want to do a thing. But, like the notebook. But we grabbed one just at random. This is a couple of years ago. And we, we opened it up and it was, you know, here's where I am and I'm a little bit scared about these things. And, you know, like I, I can't tell you where I'm going, you know, and and it was all really, really sweet. And then there was a racy section where my grandpa said something about wanting to rip my grandma's panties off with his teeth. Oh, my God. And I was like, whoa, you know, like and, and I'm like, that is kind of like. I mean, it's a little sexy, though. You know, like, it's a little bit like... Were they married at the time, or were they just sweethearts? Oh, so my grandma and grandpa got married, and it was a secret. So they got married before he shipped out, but they didn't tell anybody. So they were married for, like, a couple years, but nobody knew they were married. And she still, like, lived with her parents, and do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. Yeah, like, super... Like, it gives me goosebumpies. It's really sweet, you know? That's wild. Yeah, old-timey adorableness. Yeah. So, yeah, the dating in a pandemic is... Yeah, I, um... Meeting someone new would be extraordinarily complicated, I would think, and I and I don't, uh, I don't envy people who are trying to accomplish that right. in this mm-hmm. environment. Yeah, I don't know how I would do it. I mean, other than getting on an app. Yeah, and I, I and that's just so unappealing to me. You know, like yeah. I guess that it makes me really happy that I'm just good with where I'm at. And, yeah, um, you know that it's fine. You know, and, yeah, and I don't, I don't need. That I mean, of course, it's always nice to meet somebody, but I'm going to meet somebody organically at some point, you know, that's just, just going to be like yeah. the right thing. Yeah. And global pandemic pandemic or not, like it'll just be if it's supposed to be. Sure. You know, like and yeah, so there's that one day, I, one day at a time, as they say. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. OK, so let's switch gears again. OK. I had a couple questions that we've kind of talked about before, so we'll just super briefly go over these. Okay. One of them is how much would you kind of stick it out versus how quickly you would cut ties if it stops being, like, easy, if it stops being fun, if it stops feeling right, which kind of plays into that pandemic question. You know, like, like right now is, like, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with, you know? I hate that. I hate <laughs> no, that expression. It's, it's awful. It's, it's icky. I, um, it's icky. I'm a sticker I tend to be a sticker, sticker out until mm-hmm. I, you know, I will try until it's proven to be tr- truly impossible. Right. Um, and, well, and, and I will give someone the benefit of the doubt and I will tend to hopefully communicate concerns in a way that's more upfront now. And I still probably do it clumsily. You can ask the, the people or person I've, people I've been dating, but um, yeah, I, I, I tend to want to try and keep at it. Mm-hmm. That actually leads me to the other question that we've kind of kind of done before, but I thought would be fun to take another spin at. Sometimes, do you feel like you date to like make yourself happy, or to like hold up a certain image of like I'm a good guy and I you know follow the rules of relationships and I you know no. like you don't I, think so? I date to make myself happy. You do? I, I I date because I know I I think I've said this in a previous episode. I'm, I feel like I'm better when I am part of something bigger than myself and if i'm part of a relationship then i feel like two heads are stronger or two heads can be sometimes better than one and maybe that's a bit of a but does that make it so that you're more willing to stay in something that you know what i mean like if you're like i just want to be in a relationship oh is it less of a and i want to make sure it's the right person 
I, boy, you're, you're, now you should have my therapist sitting in this third chair over here. This is not quite therapy. I know. You know, and I, <laughs> I probably am not introspective enough to answer that question accurately, but I can tell you that I can see where that might be true, where it might be true that I just... You, you described someone you dated before as being a relationship, relationship monkey, monkey, swinging from relationship mm-hmm. to relationship. Um, the thought, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a little bit like Jerry Maguire, I think, where he just, he couldn't stand the thought of being alone. You know alone. I haven't seen that movie. You've never seen Jerry Maguire? No, we've talked about this. Show me the money you've never seen? <laughs> never. You've no, no idea? Mm-hmm. Keep it good Jr.? Okay. Well, you should go watch Jerry Maguire. Um, you told me that before. <laughs> he is criticized for, he, for, for being incapable of being alone. And I don't think I'm that, you know, pathological about it. She just mouthed, yes, I am. Um, but, I didn't uh, say it out loud. Yeah, it was, it was communicated nonetheless. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I like being in a relationship. I like, you know, I like having someone to care for and to care for me and all that good stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's a problem. I don't know. <laughs> Leave me alone. What about you? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I... Sometimes I think that I might be staying in something, not so that I look like a, the good guy or whatever, yeah. but because I'm like, this other person is so good. Like, almost like what's wrong with me that I can't just accept that, like, look, this person is great. Yeah. Like, just shut up. Let them love you. And, you know, like. Right. And I don't think I'm great at that. Which is why I think I asked you the question last week about, you know, are you the quote unquote marrying type? Like, but I think are I you, absolutely am. Like 100%. Like I want to be remarried and I want to be with someone, but I also want to feel like I like to give in a relationship and I like to, um, I like for somebody to be like really vulnerable with me and to trust me with their stuff sure too you know and and i like to have that too and i want somebody that that's just a really reciprocal thing you know yeah and so sometimes i think that you know yes i understand that you really care about me but also do we really relate on all the right levels i guess like emotional connection is extremely extremely important to me mm-hmm. and the ability to be like super honest with each other and super you know like it, it's just it's so important that i'm not willing to say this seems good enough mm-hmm. i need to feel like really really comfortable with it sure and so sometimes i feel like i stay in things because i'm like all right like this person is wonderful and they're kind and they're you know like they love me but i don't feel i guess i don't feel understood you know, and I think that that is the most profound thing that you can be is to have somebody who you really feel like understands you I feel and like that you, you really understand them. I feel know? like sometimes we, yeah, I can see that. But do you think, do you think you or other people out there maybe have a tendency to give up on a good thing that could grow into a great thing because you're looking for like the perfect thing? I don't. I mean, I see you why don't. you, I see why you would say that. But I don't think so. I think, like, I think it's almost like the red flags conversation. I think if I'm like, look, this is going to, at the end of the day, later down the line, be a deal breaker thing, then why even build 
sure. all the stuff in the meantime. If you've got deal breaker issues that are just black and white and absolutes, then that's certainly worth talking about or mm-hmm. worth worth ending a relationship over. Um, if they're personal deal, bre- deal breakers of yours, like if I could never be married to a a vegan or an atheist or who knows, what, you know, no, those things are not equal. But um, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I worship meat. Those aren't no. things. No. no, those aren't things. But like you like, know, someone who like hates my kids, or right. like there we go. Now we're someone, on the right track. someone who you know is just you know openly dishonest, and you and you know right. it mm-hmm. about other things, but they say they would never lie to you, like the, mm-hmm. those yeah, kinds yeah, of yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you know, I think that sometimes relationships are a growing process so but if of course you, they always are yeah like they're always growing and changing and you're learning new things about each other and i think that we come into most of our relationship with misconceptions about someone we meet someone we think i got this person kind of figured out i kind of know what their jam is you know and they'll surprise you if they're someone interesting they yeah. should surprise you consistently you know you should be like i didn't know that about you or i didn't know that you know. Eventually, it doesn't it all sort of become routine, though. Eventually, you're going to learn everything there is to learn about this person, and your intimacy is going to become the Perhaps. the pattern of intimacy that you two develop, and it's going to feel maybe a bit routine, but, but that's okay. But then you develop that, you know, hopefully, you have a foundation of, like, you're super great friends, and you're super, like, you think that person is fun despite their patterns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're like, I like this about you. Like, Sure. But, like, there have been people that I've dated that I'm like, look, I know you have this crazy, quirky, like, you have this thing. But I will I think I'll always like it because it's just, it's who you are and it's fun for me. It's entertaining for me or it's cute, you know, like, and I get it that sometimes the things that we think in the beginning are cute, like, yeah. annoy us later on. Yeah. But by and large, I mean, I think we have to trust ourselves to know what we like and what yeah. we will tolerate and what we'll tolerate long term. Right? Yeah, for sure. You know? For sure. And the, the other thing about that goes along with the age, right? Like, because when I was 22, right. when I got engaged, mm-hmm. I don't, or 23 or 20, however old I was when I got engaged, I don't remember, 20 something. I certainly did not understand myself enough to have an educated opinion about what I needed long term. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and maybe what you thought you needed long term then just wasn't what you know 18 20 years down the line yeah and and who knows 18 20 years down the line from now right. if you might need something different too 18 so 20 years now about, i'm gonna need someone to push my wheelchair <laughs> and you need like you i think it's about growing together versus growing in different directions you mm-hmm. know and i think that you know by and large when we got married when we were young people you know and we married these people we thought we were going to grow in the same direction or at least we hoped that we were yeah. you know and it ended up not working out that way probably because of some fault of ours probably because of some fault of incompatibility from the beginning you know yeah. and yeah. i mean it, it is what it is at the end of the day right you it know? is what it is it is what it is that's my favorite well, that's my favorite. I, I hate it, actually. Like I hate the, it. It's such bullshit. You know, it's just absolute bullshit. But whatever. Que sera, sera. <laughs> que sera, sera. Make it Spanish and then it's pretty. Isn't that French? Que sera, sera. I'm pretty sure it's Spanish. Whatever will be, will be. Spanish. Uh, okay. We'll I think. It out. I don't know. Let, I don't we know. both grabbed our phones. I'll let you do go it. Go ahead. You go do ahead. it. You do it. I'll get the next question while you find that answer. Peace. <laughs> okay. So this is the last question. I feel like we um, were really conscious of our time today, and I'm, I'm proud of us for that. You're good. You're good. Um, okay, so 
let's talk a little bit, especially because, so we have this week and next week, we still talk about dating. And then after that, we move into parenting, which is going to be super fun for both of us. Italian. <laughs> so we're both wrong. Yep. Yay. Well, I'd rather have us both be wrong than me be wrong. You were closer. I think <laughs> I think Spanish is closer to Italian than it is to French. So go uh, ahead. I have an Italian friend who says that um, the French and the Italians both think of Spanish, like Spanish speaking, or Spain, I guess, as their little cousin. So, <laughs> like, Italy and France argue with each other. We have the better wine. We have the better, you know, like, we're better lovers. We're better everything. Like, so those two countries fight, but they think of Spain as just their little cousin. That's like, funny. That can get away with things. Jose Feliciano. Jose Feliciano. Recorded it. Hmm. Go ahead. Okay, so last question. Um, since, like I said, we're going to start to move into the parenting stuff in a couple weeks, so I think this is actually a nice transition. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you start to blend a new person? Like, So you're dating someone. Sure. It's going well. You think you like them. How do you start to put them into your existing family structure and situation i have pretty strong opinions on this based on my childhood um i don't want to incriminate my mother but my mom dated a lot of guys Mm -hmm. after she got divorced from my dad she went through a phase where you know she was going out to like music clubs and and you know perming her hair and you know perming her hair because it was doing that was the 90s right Mm -hmm. and uh, and she dated Mm mm-hmm she did like look. My mom wasn't a hoe or anything. She didn't date like oh dozens of men. But we, none but, of us think you're calling your mother a hoe. I know. Don't say she, mom's a hoe in the same did, sentence. Even I, <laughs> I I have memories of my mom going on dates with numerous mm-hmm. men, and uh, I never saw anything appropriate. I never. She never had like the sleepover that, that right. I was aware mm-hmm. of anyway, and I never saw her making out with anybody or. Blah. And it wasn't a weird scenario, but I have memories of my mom dating a lot of guys, mm-hmm. and um, in retrospect. She didn't love any of them, and right. none of them were around for more than a date or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would not want to put my kids in a position to have similar memories of me, you know. And I think that probably a lot of that could have been avoided if mom would have met the guy at a restaurant, but she let a lot of them pick her up. Oh, yeah. Nobody does that anymore. Yeah. But- so, uh, you know, I would want to have a relationship, get to the point of at least being a relationship. before i introduced them to the kids and and i don't think for me me personally i don't think a date or two constitutes a relationship if i were in a my the the woman i dated um for the longest period of time since my divorce we you know our relationship was exclusive and uh and 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 very serious and so at some point i became comfortable with the idea i'm sorry um (laughs) with the idea of uh of introducing her to the kids right and that was after mm-hmm. a lot of conversation with her about like trying to explain each of the kids and their unique personalities right and then individual conversations with each of the kids about hey so dad i've been seeing somebody and it's you know gotten fairly serious and it's to the point where i'd like to invite her over for dinner what would you think about that and it was you know very non-confrontational and mm-hmm. the kids were all pretty okay with it and so she came over and it was fine it was great mm-hmm. um so i would be very cautious about it yeah I, f- I feel the same way and like i said i let two people meet my kids that m- maybe i kind of wish that i wouldn't have sure you know what i mean um i mean it was fine but i don't let people like 
pick me up at my house. Actually, I mean, things are so different now with the 50-50 shared custody. Yeah. I would do most of my dating when my kids weren't even around. Sure. You know what I mean? Because I, I would not like my kids to see me date different people. And, you know, I, I just, I, I think that's very, very awkward. And I... I feel the same way. Like if somebody's going to come into my life, I want them to be introduced to my kids very, you know, like, look, this is a person who I'm spending time with that, you know, I would like you to meet and I would like them to get to meet you. But it like I I try to be really cool with my kids too. Like it doesn't mean that they're going to be here forever. Sure. I think kids are like, are we stuck with this or, (laughs) you know, like, or are we, you know, like, like, do we have to act a certain way? Because you know what I mean? Like, so. You don't want that for your kids. I think that the kids' comfort level is more important to me than the comfort level of... Now, here's a question. If uh, if you were dating a guy, this hasn't happened to me, but this happened to, this happened to me when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. My mom was dating a guy, and um, it was serious, and I hated him. He was a... He was just... He was like a, a slimy greasy guy like he just was icky right she ended up marrying him Mm -hmm. my sister and i both thought this guy was just icky as shit Mm -hmm. and her best friend thought he was icky but she married him anyway Mm -hmm. and uh so i say that and i told her i was like mom i I was like you're changing uh 12 13 Mm -hmm. i was like i i told him i couldn't articulate it very well because it was only 12 or 13 but i saw my mom changing Mm mm-hmm to conform to what this guy's lifestyle was like. Yeah, that's gross. And I said, Mom, I said, Mom, you're changing because of this guy. We'll call him, you know, Dave. I was like, you're changing because of Dave. And I, you're, I don't, I don't recognize you anymore. And I right. couldn't like say that in mature terms, right. but I was like, you're mm-hmm. changing, and I don't like mm-hmm. it, and it's his fault, and he's making you this way, and and I don't recognize you anymore. Mm-hmm. And uh, she'd say, oh, you're being ridiculous, and you know, he's nice, and I love him, and blah 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 blah. They got married, then they later got divorced, but um. So if you were feeling some kind of way about a guy. No, I said that on the last episode. Like if a guy and my kids didn't get along, it would absolutely not like So even your if, kids even if I was in love with him and if I thought he was the greatest, like first of all, I also So does that go ahead. No, so, no, you go. You go. Does that give your kids veto power over your relationships essentially? Can they just say, "No, mom, he's not the one." And you're like, "Okay, got I got to dump you now cuz my daughter know. doesn't like you." I don't know. Um in some ways, yes, and in some ways it's perhaps because of their age. Yeah. Because right now I'm at an like my children are at an age that whoever comes into my life will also be a part of their life. Mm-hmm. Maybe um you know, my son is 11, my daughter is 12. Maybe 10 years from now, it doesn't matter. Sure. You know what I mean? Because they're not going to be raising my kid. My kid's only going to have to tolerate them at Christmas or whatever. You know what I mean? And I would think that my kid will be like, well, if you're happy, then I'm happy. But right now, if you're going to interact with my children day to day, then yeah, you need to be able to interact with them positively. Yeah. I mean, also, I mean, I get it. Like, I hope, I hope that I'm perceptive enough to see through just general kind of like jealousy issues like this guy's not our dad and like sure you know like so those kind of like well i'm going to be standoffish because whatever but um the people that my children have met they've liked you know like that they're like this this is a good guy you know like he's he seems really kind and he seems really good i haven't had to face a situation yet where my kids have met someone and be like gross you know yeah but if i did I don't know. There'd be a lot of conversation. And I do trust my children's opinions. Like, my daughter will come to me sometimes with even friends and stuff and be like, 
I don't know how I feel about that. You know, and like I think kids are perceptive, and I think yeah. we should listen to children, and yeah. I think we should listen to our friends and our siblings too. And if they say, I don't know about that, like. Yes, we can totally like bow up and be like, well, I do because I love this yeah. person and because whatever, like you can totally do that. But an incompatibility with your family might be a red flag. That's like the mother of all red yeah, flags. It, yeah, like, the, yeah, the mother of all red flags that you should at least but you've got to figure be able, out and discuss. And you've got to be able to discern between a mature, uh, the, the a maturish yeah. opinion of a child mm-hmm. versus a childish opinion right. of a child. Yeah, and that's why I said like, you know, like, if I feel like your opinion is based on, well, that's not my dad, and so I hate him, yeah. that would be different yeah. than, I don't know, there's something kind of uh, about this person, you know, yeah. like, the, the, for whatever reason. Yeah. And the the better, like, I know that I would ask my kids a lot of questions. Okay, well, why don't you, yeah. you know, care for him? Like, what do you, what is it that makes you uncomfortable or that, like, and I think that if my children said, I feel like you act different and I feel like you're changing who you are, I would stop and think about that, you yeah. know? And maybe and, my mom did at some level, but... She was, you know, I think she was pretty unhappy with herself after my parents got divorced. I think a lot of people are, and they go through a moment or several years or, you know, just a period of time where you're trying to figure out, you know, like, and I think maybe especially for like relationship monkey kind of yeah. people, right? You know, so, uh, okay, well, I'm fitting in this relationship. I'm fitting in this relationship. I got to mold myself to do that relationship. And then, you know, end of the day, you go gosh, maybe I did kind of change myself, you know? So I think when you get comfortable being single and then you say, like for me, I really like my life right now. I'm really happy with my life and I don't, I don't need anything, but if I find something beautiful, then I'll want to bring it into my life. Sure. And I think that that's a different place to be than, you know, like I have to make this fit. Yeah. You know, and I think that post-divorce, some people would go, I have to make this fit. Yeah. You know? And I think that, you know, I think when, um, a woman that I dated after my divorce was warned by a male friend of hers about me just as the concept of dating a recently divorced guy mm-hmm. that he is going to they said, be careful because he's going to, want to sleep his way around town and have all these wild experiences Some people do want and this that. and that. Some people don't. And she told me that he had said this about me. And I was like, that's gross. Like yeah. who? Ugh. Well, I mean, that's people putting their perceptions onto who you right. are, you know, right. which yeah, dumb. Like, like, he doesn't know me. Right. You don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> All right. Uh, I feel like we did a pretty good job. I feel like we, we kept it a little tighter today. We, we did. We, 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 kind of, we, yeah. have an, we had an economy of words. We did. Yeah. I'm really proud of us. And we tend Sinbad, to ramble. Sinbad totally made that movie. Sinbad made that movie. It's out there. Bring us one of the copies. Yeah, Come yeah. On, bring it to us. There you go. Um, and next time, so next time is our last dating conversation. Very good. And then we move into parenting conversations. Ugh. No, that's good. It We're, is good. It's hey, good. It's our wheelhouse, babe. We're both really good parents. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I. I'm gonna sprain. Our, I'm gonna sprain my con- shoulder patting myself on the back over here. I think here. our conversations have been on divorce, dating, and parenting. And of those three things, I would say that parenting is our strongest. We're suit. nailing the parenting. <laughs> I'm a crappy dater. <laughs> He's a shit date. He got divorced. But he's a pretty good dad. I can cook, too. I'm a good cook. And he can cook. (laughs) See? Keep him around. I'm going to keep him around. Very good. All right. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Until next time. Thanks, guys. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Would anyone like a tissue? I'm fine. We're fine. Everything Everything is is fine. fine.
Got a question for Chrissy and Brian? Connect with Not Quite Therapy on Patreon, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to check out How to Do Life, too, on all these platforms and on the podcast app of your choice. Hey, Brian. Yes, Chrissy? That was kind of fun. I think I need another drink. Phew, those two are special. (laughs) 